Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. I would like to start our Bible study out tonight with a story, and it's a story from a famous missionary by the name of David Livingstone. Maybe some of you have heard of him, David Livingstone, and he was a missionary, think about this, to Africa. And after a time that he spent there in Africa, David returned to England just for a brief visit, and towards the end of his life, he goes back and he says, um, I'm, I'm just going to take a furlough for a little bit. And he was honored by Queen Victoria. And he was actually asked to address the students there at Cambridge University. Very simply and very quietly, he said to them, Gentlemen, shall I tell you what it, is, what it was that kept me true to my resolve through all those years in the dark continent? Question mark. It was the words of a gentleman. Quote, Lo, I am always, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. End quote. Here you have a missionary talking to students. Think about the quote about the presence of God. The presence of God. It certainly left an everlasting impression upon those students, I'm sure. The very presence of God. Listen, God's presence in the human experience is a tremendous and inescapable fact of life. God's presence. So in the midst of God's presence, I would like to ask you these questions. Are you conscious of God's presence in your life? Do you live in the reality of it? And do you enjoy such an experience? Let let me say this again. Are you conscious? Are you aware? of the presence of God in your life? Do you live in the reality of God in your life? And do you enjoy such an experience? You see, as we make our way to Psalm 84, the one thing we need to keep in mind is that it describes, listen to this, you ready? Jot this down, a yearning to be in the presence of God. A yearning. That, this is what the psalm is all about. A, a yearning, a longing, something that just, just drives you. I want to be in God's presence. You see, Psalm 84 is a story about a person who longed, a pilgrim, if you will, who longed to go back to Jerusalem for the feasts and the temple to experience the Holy Presence once again. I've been to Israel three times. Looks like we might go back in 2023. But I can tell you something that happens to you incredible. 
You see all of Israel. You go to the Sea of Galilee. You'll go to the Dead Sea. You'll go to all these places, wonderful, wonderful places. You'll, you'll go up to, you can look over and see the border of Syria. You can see all these things. You can see Abraham's gate. You can go all through. And we'll come from the Dead Sea, we'll come from Qumran, and we'll go in this thing. And, and as you're heading up, all of a sudden, you'll be heading up to Jerusalem. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. You'll go through a tunnel, and the, the bus will slow way down. And you'll go through a tunnel, and it'll get dark. And he'll begin to turn on. He puts on this amazing music. And as you come up over the tunnel, all of a sudden, you see the city of Jerusalem. The, it's... It's incredible. It's incredible. And, and, and there's a yearning of wanting to be in Jerusalem. Oh, oh, listen, my home is in Texas. But there's something about your heart, your spiritual heart, that says, that's home. I don't want to go anywhere else. And you start looking and going, I could live here. Sure, if you had a million dollars. It's very expensive in Israel. But there's a yearning. And I look at my wife and she's bawling. She's crying. This and 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 that's the same thing. That's the same it's the yearning to be now now listen, the, the people are people. They're 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 again our, our tour guide used to say it's the holy land, but not everybody's holy. So their people are people. Can I, you understand that? But the presence, it seems like the presence of... Now, the presence of God is here as well, but there's the present. This is what he's saying. He's saying, I, I want to go back to Jerusalem. See, for 40 years after the exodus from Egypt, the Jews were wandering people. And even after they occupied the promised land, the three feasts reminded them that they're still pilgrims on earth. You understand that? That's what it meant. That's why they had to go back. Just as we are today, the Bible calls them, jot this down, they're sojourners. They're sojourners. God's people are simply passing through. Your attention, please. Think about this for just a moment. The tragedy from yesterday, the tragedy that we've faced in our lives up until this point, take a big deep breath because we're simply passing through. We're passing through. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. A vagabond, you've heard of that term, a vagabond has no home. He has no home. A fugitive is running from home, and a stranger is away from home, but a pilgrim is headed home. He's headed home. See, I'm calling this message... There's no place like home. Why? Well, tonight we discovered that the psalmist longs to be home in Jerusalem, to feel the presence of the Lord. Now, we too long to be home, but not an earthly home, but our heavenly home. We long to be there. We long to be there. When tra tragedies strike, and hurts and evil, we'd long even more to be home. You could say we're homesick. 
What's very interesting about being homesick is we don't have in full what our home is going to be like. We see in part, based upon the word of God, we look up to the heavens, if you will, and think, wow, when people have gone before us, we go, wow, they're in a better place. This I could imagine based on scripture, but we're not even getting the fullness of that. Home. Home. It was the Apostle Paul who wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 1 through 5. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. It says, For we know, notice, when this earthly tent we live is taken down, that is, when we die and we leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies, for we long to put our heavenly bodies like new clothing, for we will put on our heavenly bodies, and we will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us, rather We want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this as a guarantee he has given us his Holy Spirit. Amen. Isn't that true? Paul writing to the Corinthians says, as we get older, we start to groan. We start to sigh. Okay? We get hurt getting out of bed. And we're ready for our new bodies. But not because we go, well, we have a death wish, but because we, we long to be home. Could I ask you a question? Are you longing for home right now? Are you homesick? And you go, hey, Pastor, amen. Well, let me ask you this. If you're not homesick... What's keeping you and drawing your attention away from our one true home? What's keeping us? What are the things in our lives that seems to be pulling us away from the very presence of God? You see, the psalmist comes and he says, here's the thing. Here's my heart. He says, I long to be in the presence of the Lord. Now, the one thing we must grasp is even though we long to be in heaven with Jesus, living here on earth does not rob us of the blessing of being in fellowship with him. You understand that, okay? Just because we long, just because we're homesick, it doesn't rob us of, oh, okay, that's the thing. You see, it was Charles Spurgeon, the great, the great pulpiteer, his, he comments in Psalm 84, he says this, listen, Psalm 84 was entitled to be called the Pearl of Psalms. If the 23rd Psalm was the most popular and the 103rd the most joyful and the 119 the most deeply experiential and the 51st the most plaintive, this one, Psalm 84, is the most sweet of the psalms of peace. That's where he's going. Now, if you're taking note, this is how it's breaking down. Okay, it's broken down in three ways. Number one, it's my delight is in the Lord. My delight is in the Lord. You know, the Bible tells you to delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, okay? 
But the word delight isn't, it means treat yourself to God. That's what it means. Delight yourself. Treat yourself to God. And he's going to give you the desires of your heart. But let me tell you what you end up desiring more than anything. People. You want to see people saved. You want to see people walking in victory. Your heart breaks when people's heart breaks. And so you delight yourself. You're like, God, I'm just treating. What are you doing? I'm treating myself to God. And what are your desires? I want to see people saved. You see, many people will take that verse and say, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And what are my desires? Well, I want to be married and I want to have a house and I want to have kids. I want to do this. Oh, I just want this. I want this. I want this. I want this. And, and that's when you're really delighting yourself in God, guess what? Your desires change. They change. And so again, that's the first we see the psalmist say. The second thing he says, and this is what we need, my strength is in the Lord. My strength is in the Lord, church. That's the second point the psalmist says. And third, jot this down, my trust is in the Lord. My trust is in the Lord. So we have delight, we have strength, and we have trust. Now, listen. The Israelites experienced the same emotions every time they traveled to a special celebration in the temple. In other words, it was good to be home again. If you were here on Sunday, you remember, you remember the crowd as the crowd was walking, right? And, and Bartimaeus and his buddy was going, Lord Jesus! They were like, shh, the master doesn't have time for you. Back away, back away. Because they were getting ready to go home. They wanted to go in the presence of God. And the Lord's like, hey, don't, don't rebuke. I mean, we know the story. God healed them and the scales fell off their eyes. And guess what? Bartimaeus and you, because we were the second blind person, followed the Lord. We followed the Lord. You're like, cool. That was good. That's good. That's good. But this is what, think about the emotions. Think about the emotions. Guys, we need to look at church different. We need to look at church different. Oh, Wednesday night. Oh, it's church. Honey, do you want to go? Well, sure, honey. Of course I want to go. Really? Okay. Yeah, me, me too. I, I don't know. Let's go to church. Let's go. What, did, what? You said something? No, here's why. Listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to. Here, here's the point. I think we had to do church different where we go, we get to go to church. We get to be in the presence of God. Wow. How are we in the presence of God? Well, first and foremost, every gift that you have is for the body of Christ. So you come in and you got a gift and you got a gift and you got a gift. And I know I sound like Oprah Winfrey, but you got a gift and you got a gift and you got a gift and you're, you're just blending in it and it, that's, that's part of the body. Oh, that's the presence of the Lord. But then we come in here and we, we lower the lights and, 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 and here's what's going on. The enemy's going, Hey, we got stuff to do. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get this thing going. I need to get home. I got to make dinner. What's tomorrow going to do? And we're not caught up in his presence and and we miss it i'm guilty i'm guilty this should be the place where we go i get to worship god okay okay and even if i don't know the words can i close my eyes and just sing to the lord i worship you god 
And then we get in the Word, and we're like, Lord, it's not enough for me to read the Word. I need the Word to read me. And Lord, look at those areas of my heart. And, and Lord, here's, here's, here's what's going on in my life, and here's where I'm being honest, and, and here's where I'm not being honest, and here's where I'm, I'm, Lord, please. And he begins to, and we're in the presence of the Lord. We should be excited about that. We should be excited to be in the house of God. And we've lost it. We've lost it. And the Lord is looking at us and saying, You've lost that love and feeling. Whoa, that love. No, he didn't do that, but you guys know the point. We miss it. Church for us should never be something we, help me church, have to do. We should be excited to come. It should be the only thing on the top of our I have to do list. I want to do that. Yes. Yes. The context of Psalm 84, on such a trip, the psalmist thinks about being home with God. And that strikes this, I don't know, this harmonious chord within us. Because our deepest longing is to be home in the presence of the Lord. Can I get an amen on that? And I'll tell you why. Because as much as you love things here on earth, and, and, and men, you've got a good husband, you've got a good wife, things are great, men. You, you've got money in the bank or whatever it might be. Whatever it might be, you, you have these things. There's something that God put inside you that keeps you longing to be in his presence. The Bible says you, you have eternity in your heart. And so what happens is no matter what you do on this earth, there's always that longing to be with him. There's always that longing. And that's what we're going to look at today. That should be our heart, is to have a longing to be with Jesus. Point number one, my delight is in the Lord. Notice the psalmist says, Psalm 84, 1 through 4. He says, how lovely is your tabernacle. Or you could put dwelling place there, church. Dwelling place. O Lord of hosts, my soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. There is a song about this. My heart and flesh cry out. And, and, and this is it. How lovely is your dwelling place. And, and again, think about what the psalmist is saying. The psalmist is saying he'd love to come into the house of God. And what he was saying is it doesn't matter if it was a tent or a permanent building. What he thought was he considered it, he considered it beautiful inside. It was the house of the Lord. Now, I want you to go back to verse 1 because the psalmist says, how lovely. If you'll circle that word, it's the word yadid, yadid, Y-E-D-E-E-D. And the first mention is found in Deuteronomy 33.12 where it says this, Deuteronomy 33.12, it says this, when talking about Benjamin and how he was loved, that word is yadid, of the Lord. And so what's he saying? How much do I love being in the presence of God. This is what he's saying. How much? 
Loving the presence of the Lord is first recognizing our genuine love for the Lord. For the Lord. Adam and Tiffany, how long have you been married putting you on the spot? It has not been five years. No, it has not. Do you remember when you guys were dating? Do you remember? I I counseled Adam and Tiffany, and when they were dating, they were always together. They're always. Tiffany was over at the house. They were, he was back, back and forth. Why would you do that? Because he wanted to be in her presence. He wanted to be in their presence. And again, think about it. Said, why would you want to be in Tiffany's prayer? I love her. I love her. Pastor, I love her. I want to marry her. Would you do the ceremony? You see that? We do that, we do that with earthly relationships. And, and this is what God is saying. This is what God is saying. He's saying, listen, loving the presence of the Lord is first recognizing your genuine love for the Lord. I love the Lord. Why? Because that should be the drive, that should, that should drive you to want to be in his presence. Now, we don't always have to be in church to be in his presence. You see, ministry happens when you get alone with God in your quiet time. Ministry happens when you're alone with the Lord. Ministry happens, I mean, it, this is where God begins to speak. So it's not always, well, I, I'm not in God's presence because the church isn't open. We're only open on Sunday and Wednesday. That's not what he's saying. He's saying because you love the Lord, you'll get up early and want to spend time with him. You'll stay up late if you're a later person and, and say, I want to spend time with the Lord. You'll be talking to him throughout the day. People think you're crazy because you're constantly talking. But you're talking to God because you love his presence. You love his presence. So he comes and he says, man, how lovely is the place where you dwell, where you dwell. So here's a question. Let me give you a side note. Where does God dwell now? He resides in the heart of every true believer. Do you understand The building is not the church. You're the church. That's where God is. So when you come to church, it's not like I'm coming to hear Pastor Ben. I'm coming to do this. I'm coming to hear the music. I'm coming to sit on blue chairs. It's it's coming and being in the presence of the Lord because he lives in your heart. If you are a believer here tonight, would you consider yourself amazingly loved? See, you are his dwelling place. You're his dwelling place. You're his tabernacle. And because you're his tabernacle, here's what I want to say. Please don't let anyone put you down or live in a world where you're constantly putting yourself down. You need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know your worth in Christ. Here's what the Bible says about you. You ready? This is, this is good. This is what the Bible says about you. Psalm 139, 14 says, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well 
I know it. Okay, isn't that great? This is what he says, you, you guys are wonderfully complex. And no, you have to keep Owen. I'm just telling you right now. He's wonderfully complex. Yeah, I'm looking at you. <laughs> She's writing it down. And then it goes on in verse 2, Psalm 84. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out to the living God. Guys, notice what the psalmist appreciation for God's house wasn't simply because it was beautiful. Notice his soul longed for God's house, even faints when denied the privilege of meeting with God among his people. Do you realize Do you realize we do something totally opposite of this? You go, what do you mean? I've seen people, I've seen kids love church so much that when they they do something bad, guess what's taken away from them? Church. Oh, you can't go to church if you're going to act that way. And he's going, no, no, no. See, we, we shouldn't, that, that he, he's going, it's not because it's, it's, it's basically he longed for the house. He says, listen, I don't want to be denied the privilege of meeting with God and his people. And see, think about to 2020. Think about what they did to us. Think about, think about what they said. They said, you guys can't meet. You can't meet. You can't meet. Shut down the churches. Shut it down. Shut it down. We're going to send police officers if you don't shut it. You can only have 10 if you're going to do. And what did they do, guys? They, they, they almost gave us the death blow. And we should have rose up and said, no, no, no. We need to be with each other. And I know we did. We need to be in the presence of God. In the presence of the Lord. I don't want to be denied the presence of the Lord. And he comes back and he says, listen, my heart and flesh cry out to the living God. See, the house of God was, was, was dear and desired of the psalmist because why? Because that's where he met God. That's where he met God. Everything within him, his heart and his flesh longed for God. Therefore, guess what? He loved God's house. He loved the presence. Every week, guys, we talked, and we talked about this Sunday, an encounter with Jesus, an encounter with Jesus. Our hearts should long to be here and in the presence of our brothers and sisters worshiping together. That's what it should be. That's what it should be. I can't wait. I can't wait for Sunday. I can't wait for Wednesday. I can't wait to see the smiling. I can't wait. I just love worshiping together. I just love hearing the saints sing. See the pilgrim here? Is longing for God's presence, delighting in him. Look at verse 3. For even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are still praising you, Selah. Isn't that amazing? Look, 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 look guys, we've got to break this down. We've got to break this down, okay? The psalmist sets his heart on a pilgrimage to be in God's presence. Do you understand that? And as he does, he's walking and he notices a sparrow 
right? He notices a sparrow and he notices a swallow. These are, these are birds, okay? And a lot of times you might just overread that. Oh, sparrow and swallow, okay, okay. It was yesterday, no, Monday night, there was a cardinal come on the fence. And we hadn't seen a cardinal in our backyard for a long time. Saw blue jay, but not a cardinal. Beautiful red cardinal. And so she, Cordy got the, the, the camera out and she the phone and she took a picture. And But a lot of times we just miss it, right? We just, there's birds. Okay, hurry. Where's dinner? Get dinner on the table. Come on, we gotta go, gotta go. But the psalmist says, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. I saw, I saw, I saw some birds. I saw, I saw a sparrow. I saw a swallow. Let's dig a little bit deeper. He saw the sparrow and the swallow that they had made their nest. Where did they make their nest, guys? They made it in the temple here at the house of God in view. And you know what he said? He considered the birds blessed because they got to live in the presence of God. He says, oh, wow. One commentator said this. He offered that the sparrow, listen to this, a sparrow is the picture of small significance and the swallow was a picture of uh, restlessness. And I thought that was cool. Why? Because here's some good application. Those of you who, who, who feel just like that, small significance, I'm insignificant, if you will. I can find a place in the house of God. But if the swallow is a picture of restlessness, isn't that the same thing? Because many can find rest and have that nest, if you will, near God's altar. That should be. Listen, when we come on Wednesday night, it's not so we can check mark Wednesday, but it's to come and go, ah. I'm in the presence of the Lord. This is so sweet. And it should be going, wait, 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 wait. We're, on, we're done. No! We're in the presence of God. We're in the presence of God. Listen, when you leave this place tonight, I don't want you talking about me. I don't want you, oh, he was funny tonight. Oh, he, that. I want you to talk about the Lord. Did you feel God's presence? I still feel Him. Wow. You see, our church needs to be a place where where those who feel insignificant can, can have life and those who are restless can come home. Why? Because God stands with His arms wide open wanting to receive you back into His house into his presence. I like what the psalmist says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. He went on from envying the birds, living at the tabernacle, to envying the priests who had rooms in the house of God. Oh, pastor, you're so lucky. You get to be at the house of the Lord every day. Well, it's just a building. No, no, no. But God's dwelling place is there. How cool is that? Pastor, do you take advantage of this? 
Sad to say no, because sometimes the ministry is much like a business and we have to get things done. But how cool would it be if I took a moment and dwelt in the Lord just in this house and prayed and worshipped? Yes, I've done that before. Yes, I've walked the sanctuary. But this is what he's saying. He's going, man, the priests, look at that. They're, they're constantly there. And then he says, my king and my God. I like what Spurgeon says about this. He says, the double my is very precious. He lays hold upon his God with both hands as one resolved not to let him go until the favor requested at length accorded is what Spurgeon says. And then he says, Selah. You go, what does that mean? He says, let's pause and let's think about what we just read. Think about what we just read, right? So let's go back for just a moment. Notice, these are just four verses, and he says this. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longest even faints. For the courts of the Lord, my heart and my flesh, cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of God, or altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you, Selah. said, think about that. Think about what he just said. Isn't that our delight? So if 2020 comes up, 2021, I don't know what 2023 is going to hold. I don't, even, I don't even want to go there. I'm still hoping to get a refund on 2020 and 2021. But I want to dwell in the house of the Lord so that I can walk with him through that. In his presence. In his presence. But Ben, we need strength. We do need strength. Look at verses 5 through 8. Psalm 84 verse 5 says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Guys, think about what he just said in this one verse. Though he had, right, he had to remain home, the psalmist's heart was set on pilgrimage. I want to go. And the very map to Jerusalem was written in his heart. Now, let's break this down. The man who finds his strength in God is also the one whose heart is set on pilgrimage. He doesn't rely on himself or the world for strength, but considers himself just a visitor, a traveler, a pilgrim, a sojourner. That's what he does. But his true strength and treasure comes from his true home in heaven. I think about my strength, and I, I, I think about how these past couple of days, of the, the strength has been waning, just the, just the evilness that we saw, and, 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 and coupled with all of the all this stuff that's going on in our world that we pray about every week. And... About 12.23, Haas sent me a video, and um, I watched the video. It's a three-minute long video, and it made me realize, it made me realize that right now that, that, that Babylon that's taught in Revelation is actually gathering together, and, and I sent a text back to him. I said, you know what? That really cheered me up. Because although we're facing evil in the world and all of this stuff, I know we're very, very close. That just made me realize how close we are to go home. And when I say close, church, listen to me. I don't mean, you know, 30, 40, 60 years. I mean, we're really, really close. 
And if I'm still here and we're still here in 2030, 2040, I'll even let you buy me a steak for being wrong. <laughs> you thought I was going to say something, I'll eat my hat. No, 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 no. I'll let you buy me a steak for being. But the point is, I think we're, I think we're really that close. There's no way. I think, I think the Ten Nation Confederacy is about to happen. I think Ezekiel 38 is about to happen. I think all of this is about to happen. But let me say this to you. Israel is not an easy place. If you were to walk from Jericho to Jerusalem, it's a very hard and rough and dangerous place. And I think there's a metaphor there because even though our home is in heaven, guys, this life is not going to be easy. And we can do everything we possibly can do to try to to protect ourselves and try to do this and do that and the other. But we live in a very awful, ugly, evil world. And until the Lord Jesus comes back and opens the scroll and redeems the world, we're subject to this evil world. I don't like this world. I feel like I'm constantly apologizing to the Lord for mankind, for what we're doing. I feel like I'm constantly saying, Lord, please forgive us for... And again, just like Isaiah, forgive us. It's not, it's not forgive them, Lord, they don't know. It's us, it's all of us. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Blessed, where does your strength come from? Church, your strength is going to come from Jesus. Your strength is going to come from the Lord. You, in school, your strength has got to come from the Lord. You're not going to find it in, in social media. You're not going to find it in, in, and it's got to come from the Lord. You've got to seek the Lord and say, listen, my strength comes from you. Set my heart on that pilgrimage. And I'm looking at the kids talking about social media, but many of the adults find their strength from social media, find their, find their identity from social media, find their worth from social media. You're worth, you're worth so much more if you'll find and get your strength from the Word of God. You go, what do you mean, social media? Guys, you know this. Many people will post something and, 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 and want to get the likes. That's where they find their identity. Oh, like, like, oh, no, they didn't like it. I only got so many likes. And that's not, it's not the Lord. The Lord says your strength is going to come from him, who you are. Your identity is Jesus, who you are in Christ. Your identity is who you are in Christ. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Blessed is the man. Where do you find your strength, Lord? Where do you find your strength, guys? Your true strength. Your true strength. It has to be in the Lord. Look at verse 6. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring, and the rain covers it with pools. Listen, there's going to be difficult places on the journey. 
There's going to be difficult places on the journey. And as we sojourn through this world, keep this in mind. The difficult things you face each day are the Valley of Baca. Hard, painful places in life where everything seems hopeless and you even feel helpless. But something happens. You go, what's that? Notice what it says. As they pass through these hard times, as you go through these hard times, Owen, they make it a spring. They make it a spring, yeah, and the rain covers it with pools. In other words, somebody else behind you is going to come and get the blessing. So the hard times that you go through, are, it's, it's, it's not for naught, you know what I mean? There's somebody coming behind you going, <gasps> they get blessed from your experience because to them it's not a hard time, it's now a pool of refreshing water. That's what it is. God, why am I going through this? God, Why? 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 And to other people, it's, wow, somebody was here before. Okay. What a blessing that is. You know, sometimes when life gets hard, what's the one thing that we need? We need to know that somebody else had went through it, and they they made it through. We find somebody, we go, hey, how did you do? It was tough, but I did it. You did it. I can do it. Okay. And and that's the strength you need, and, and that's the blessing. But there's also times when other people will go, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Listen, here, here, let, me, let me just kind of caution you. Here's what I did, and here's what I did wrong, and there's where I And you go, oh, wow, that's great, thank you. And, and you can avoid those things. But if you're going through a hard time right now, ask the Lord, Lord, what's, what's this for? Who is this for? And he may tell you and he may not. He may just say, just be a blessing. Just be a blessing. I think of, I think of Nathalie, and I think uh, one of the hardest times that she went through was, was several years ago, one of the hardest, hardest things in life. But right now she's a blessing because she's made it through. And she can be an encouragement. And again, think about it. Those who are coming behind her, oh my gosh, they had no hope. They're freaking out. They're, the world is... And she's... Oh, wait, wait, wait. You, you? You went through this? Okay. Wow. Wow. Let me give you this nugget of truth to hold on to. We'll all pass through our own valley of tears hard things in life. No one escapes the difficult days. Okay, that's truth. Okay. But when our heart is set on pilgrimage, we know there are times that we must walk in the strength of the Lord. And as we do, church, listen, we make the valley a better place for those that are coming after us. That's a better perspective. So instead of saying, why me, why me, why me, why me, why me, you go, Lord, okay. 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 I hate 
what the families had to go through yesterday. But I know my God is going to save hundreds, if not thousands, from that. Because although evil ran rampant, I know his word. And he says, all things, all things work together for the good. Church, we're not going to be able to finish the whole psalm, which is fine. That's cool. Let's take some time as we worship and pray and uh, just, just, um, just dwell on what he's told us right now. We'll, we'll pick it up in a couple of weeks in Psalm uh, verse 7. Father, we thank you this evening for who you are. And, and Lord, we, we have just a couple of minutes, and we'll just, we're just going to pray. We're just going to pray and set our hearts before you. May we set our hearts on pilgrimage, Lord. Father, we pray for the families, Lord, that were affected yesterday. We pray for cousins, and uh, we even pray for our own families, Lord. There are people here in Lubbock, Texas, who, who did have family there that were were deeply affected, and so we pray for them. Father, as we take the next 10 minutes just to worship you, there's no place like home. We long for the presence of the Lord. Father, we're not home yet. This certainly isn't heaven. But the fellowship you give us, the worship, we can. we just want to feel your presence. So I would invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and fill this place like never before. May it be a mighty rushing wind just fill this place once again. God, may our hearts cry out to you. Lord, nothing superficial, nothing fake, just pilgrims praising you. Just pilgrims worshiping you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We're sorry, Lord. We're sorry, Lord. Forgive us. Thank you, Lord, for sending your precious angels and your Holy Spirit to welcome these souls into heaven. Lord, if, if you want to use this little church, Lord, to minister to families in Uvalde, Texas, God, will you open those doors? I sure know we can pray with people. And I sure know we can comfort people. And we can just love on them and we can cry with them. And we can tell them about the hope that we have in you, an everlasting hope. And Father, while we're in your presence, would you please come and get us? The world is awful. In Jesus' name.
Let's worship, guys. Let's just worship. Close your eyes. Worship, 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 We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.